everybody talking about housing policy right now. It's suddenly front and center, of course, the federal budget uh, addressing housing issues. Pierre Polyev has his ideas about gatekeepers and municipal governments holding back the supply side. Uh, meanwhile, new data from Statistics Canada shows that multiple property owners held between 29 and 41 percent of housing stock in Ontario, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. Those dates are 2019 and 2020. So a significant amount of housing stock is held by a small group of people. In other words, people have their homes that they live in, and then they have investment properties, and they become landlords. And look at this. This is just dropped on globalnews.ca, this story, just dropping in the last hour from Amanda Connolly. So interesting. It shows that roughly one-third of ministers around the federal liberal cabinet table actually own rental or investment real estates, according to their filings with the Federal Conflict of Interest Commissioner. Now, it's fully legal. There's nothing against that, nothing against it. But, of course, real estate experts say that holdings reflect the degree with which Canadians increasingly view real estate as a financial asset rather than a place to live. And again, this is a divide between those who have and those who have not. If you have enough money to be able to own a home, then you can take advantage of relatively cheap money to buy another one. And then you rent that thing out. And that is what's going on. And there's a lot of interest on that. Check that news story out on globalnews.ca. Meanwhile, the provincial government is taking aim at something that is pretty eye level, and that is construction of condominium projects and where, you know, you go in and you, you put your money down, you buy uh, a to-be-made condo, and then the condo developer says, you know what, we're going to cancel this thing. Right? Sorry, here's your money back, and then redoes the development at a much higher price. And recently, the provincial government has brought in some new legislation to try and stop that kind of thing. My next guest says it's not going to work. Bob Aaron is a real estate lawyer. Welcome to the program, Bob. Thanks very much for having me. All right, maximum fines for condo cancellations are going to be increased in this legislation, uh, up to a hundred grand from the current fifty thousand. You, you say that this is not a deterrent; it may actually be an incentive. Why? Well, let's let's take a unit of fifty units. Let's take a building of fifty units. Uh, the builder cancels the project, increases the price uh, by a hundred thousand per unit. Uh, and he gets another five million dollars in his pocket, and he has to pay a fine, maybe of fifty to a hundred thousand dollars if if he's convicted. So that's let's look like a rounding error. <laughs> so in terms of the kind of money that is out there, I, I mean, how many, much of a problem is this? I mean, Doug Ford said, you know, this is the thing that really gets his goat, really burns him up when this sort of thing happens. And obviously, it makes news and it 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 annoys people. But is it a big problem? Well, there are thousands of people in Ontario who have had their pre-construction agreements cancelled out from under them. Some of them have caved into the builder uh, extortionate demand for another hundred or two hundred thousand to keep the unit, and some of them have just sat by and watched while the uh, the builder just remarkets the project at way more money, and and the government's doing absolutely nothing about it. On the builder side, and I'll just take their position, you know, devil's advocate style here, is that construction materials, all kinds of other bottlenecks are increasing costs, and that should somehow be reflected, um, and, and therefore that they need to recoup their costs somehow. I can't believe that, um, that a builder does not 
um, buy future uh, buy stocks of lumber and bricks and cement for future delivery. Um, they must protect themselves. And, you know, if I buy a car and I go into a showroom and I buy a car or a fridge or anything, and it turns out that it's going to cost the manufacturer uh, more money than my purchase price, that's too bad. I have to sell at a loss. And why is it that housing uh, gets the special treatment? Um, I, I, the, the car dealer or the fridge dealer or anything else that I buy, uh, if it's going to cost them more, you know, they've got to eat it. Why, why, should, why should a consumer get, get uh, shafted like this? Uh, I'm speaking with Bob Aaron, who's a real estate lawyer. Um, you say that the new measures brought in by the Ford government are not enough. What would you advise the government to do? Well, I think if, if a builder wants to uh, cancel a project... Uh, he should have to buy the buy the units back from the original buyers at fair market value. Uh, the land underneath the project could be frozen for five years as a disincentive to doing this. Um, uh, the purchasers should be able to register a lien on title for the money that they've lost, which is the difference between the market value and the uh, and the price that they paid. And uh, there should be very, very strict regulations enacted to determine that uh, whether whether condo projects can be cancelled. Right now, there's nothing. The government says, "Oh, well, we told you so, so that's your protection." That you know, with respect, that's that's not any protection. We got consumers out there who have had their their dreams of home home ownership shattered. That's not fair. Bob, I appreciate your time today. Thanks again. Please okay. be well. My pleasure. That's Bob Aaron, who's a real estate lawyer, and you can read his piece about preventing condo cancellations in the Toronto Star. It's in there and it's online right now.